for blowing on over to check out this rather dreary discussion. This is Omens for Disaster. I'm your host, Brandy, and I'm here with my fellow goth enthusiasts. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Ben Lickert. Hi, I'm Rita Douglas. So I wanted to start by talking about an experience that I had when I was about five, I would say. So I was outside just playing in my yard and I just noticed that it started raining. So I of course was going to try and move out of the rain in attempts to not get wet. And I noticed that once I crossed the sidewalk that was between the two parts of our yard, it stopped raining. And so I went back and it was still raining on the other side of the sidewalk. And it was really weird because it was exactly at the sidewalk at this point where the weather would transition. So me being an extremely hyper five-year-old was running back and forth between the two parts of our yard, looking up at the sky. I probably looked like I was, I, I don't even know. But <laughs> then I went to go tell my dad because it was such a weird experience. And by the time I got him to show him, he, it, it stopped. It just stopped. And he was like, what, what, what the fuck is this kid talking about? <laughs> and ever since then, man, like, when I started reading novels, like Dracula, for instance, when they talk about the weather bringing in these just disastrous moments especially with the ship I remember that and part of me still is angry that my dad still didn't get to see <laughs> that rain but I always love like talking about that especially when I was reading Dracula um so like let's talk about that ship for a second yeah there weather is I have a weird weather experience um Living in Omaha, that's the where all the twisters happen. Twisters are whack. And I remember one time we had a really big storm during the summer. This was one of the scariest storms. We were downstairs in the basement. We have a lot of windows in my basement. Best place. It's not the best place, but like it's the most grounded place to hide. Um, but I remember we, I was just sitting there playing on my PSP, and this dates me. Uh, my brother was like, hey, why is the sky green, Mom? And we were like, excuse me? So, weather's whack. Um, but yeah, I, I've always found it weird that, like, we hate rain so much. Or, like, we hate most non-sunny weathers a lot. But they're so important to, like, what we do in everyday life. Like, Dracula in the book can, like, kind of have some control over weather and nature and stuff like that. But, like, it's, it's seen as, like, evil, almost, having, like, being able to bring these storms and bring these things. Like, I just think it's, it's so strange that we, like, need these weather things to happen, but also mm -hmm. hate them. So, yeah. Okay. Especially with that hatred, people associate, especially on movies, funerals with rain. Mm -hmm. Like, dread, especially. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the kind of Nebraskan that met my neighbors because we were all standing in the street to watch a tornado. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I never really personally had negative feelings towards um, weather. And I that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important that authors use it in literature because it really 
I mean, you almost get used to it setting the mood. Like, you see, a, if, you, if a character starts describing, like, gray clouds rolling in, you're like, oh, shit's about to go Ooh. down. Even though if that was happening in real life, I'd probably be like, oh, hell yeah, like, it's gonna rain today. Well, I think you actually described it exactly, like, why weather is so gothic with you were watching the twister. You, <laughs> you wouldn't think you would be, but it's that sublime, like, yeah. this could destroy me, mm-hmm. but it's so pretty at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, watching it... This is, again, Midwestern vibes. Yeah. But, like, watching a twister land mm-hmm. and, like, touch the ground and, like, seeing everything spin around it is, like, weirdly cathartic, but also, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. And to be, like, I remember when I, it was the same storm, I was, like, rushing home because I was at a friend's house and I was, like, drenched in rain, and I remember looking up and seeing this giant twister forming in the sky, and I was, like, this is not okay. <laughs> I'm not feeling these vibes. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that that's one of the links between the mystery and gothic is the fact that they use weather so often to like perpetrate the mood that they want to set, especially with rain and clouds and fog. Not so much like storms themselves, I suppose, in mystery, but sometimes. But with mystery, I usually think of like fog. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially fog. It's like concealing, but mm-hmm. yet it's rolling in, mm-hmm. especially when it's like drifting to areas that it's never been seen before Mm -hmm. it's like it indicates not only something strange but something you don't know yeah for sure yeah i've always linked um mystery with storms one because i feel like it's a really cheap way for the right older writers to be like oh they're locked in they can't like escape um but i don't know there is just something about it where it's like Lightning flashes. Lightning flashes. Yeah, thunder. You can see it almost like the water is making things not clear, but water itself is a symbol of clarity. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's these clues all around you, but there's so many clues that it's like blinding you. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's way over reading it. But um, one thing I wanted to mention um, is not just storms, but... Uh, sunlight used in horror movies. This has been a trend I've noticed recently. Um, in movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's the one that I think really started to use it. Uses more daylight. Or oh, Hills Have Eyes too. If you have you guys ever watched Hills yeah. Have Eyes? So much Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Um, both of them are basically hillbilly family catches up to civilized good family and uh, kill them and eat them. I think they would eat them in both. I can't. It's been a while. Um, but both use sunlight instead of, like, you would expect, like, stormy night. These teens are driving on a highway, get a flat tire, and they're stuck there, and then these all these things happen. But no, they're, like, literally middle of a desert, mm-hmm. bright as day. And I think what the scary thing is about that is rain can hide you. Like, if it's rainy outside, you can be hidden. If it's, like stormy outside all these things are happening it's dark you are hidden but in broad desert daylight everyone can see you mm-hmm. and he'll like that's why i think why it's called hills have eyes is like literally everyone can so like even your enemies can like see you there's also something to be said for the fact that oftentimes people think that daylight would like protect them because mm-hmm. you can see everything and yeah. yet the bad shit still happens so that adds another level to like the fear exactly in the movie it's so strange i i almost related to like when you're a kid when you 
like are scared of something, you hide. You instinctively hide under your covers, mm-hmm. which is like adding more darkness to it. Like, why are you doing that? It's so you have. We like being hidden, mm-hmm. and it's like if we feel even in the daylight, we would be in harm's way. We rely on that darkness to hide. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I don't know. Anything else you'd like to say about? Yeah, actually, um, that about the broad daylight reminded me of something we talked about back when I was in high school. It was actually when, let me break it down for you. (laughs) Kids in my high school were like on some shit. They would get in trouble quite frequently. And we were talking in my English class actually during the time we were reading Dracula. And we were talking about how if people were to act as if nothing was wrong, especially in the day, that you can most likely get away with it. Mm. Because if you act just like anyone else would, people aren't going to, like, their suspicions aren't going to be drawn to you. Whereas in the night, people kind of have that looking around everywhere, making sure nothing's there. But if they were to be spotted, the onlooker is going to be seeing them like, oh, who's this guy wearing all black and a ski mask next to the bank looking mm-hmm. around for people? Gee, I wonder what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they were to try and pull that same stunt in the broad daylight and act as if they were a regular person, they would get a lot further. Mm-hmm. Not to the point they would probably get the money, unfortunately. <laughs> <But still>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's almost weird. It's like, I almost think like in the nighttime we get this sort of anonymity anonymity Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like if we see strange shit going on it's like I'm doing strange shit so you're probably doing strange shit too Mm -hmm. what's going on Um, but another thing that I actually wanted to mention I was just I just remember this sorry to bring everything back to Dracula but uh, this has to do with the BBC show Dracula that I mentioned in Make Make Vampires Gay Eat Cowards um, a big spoilers ahead for anybody who hasn't finished BBC Dracula. Would you guys mind if I spoil it? Spoil it, So, relating back to daylight kind of talk, um, at the there's this big talk about how Dracula can't be seen in the sunlight, can't invite himself into spaces, and at the end, the Van Helsing character like rips off the curtains showing sunlight onto Dracula, and he like recoils in like pain and starts acting out. But then he like looks down at himself and he realizes he's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And the Van Helsing character is like, you are a fucking dumbass. What's really, like, you've been, you are so ashamed of yourself for, like, having to be a parasite for all these years that you just don't accept yourself as a human anymore and you don't want to show yourself. So, like, I don't know, I kind of want to talk more about, like, light reveals part of ourselves that we don't like, too. Maybe that's why we're almost more afraid of it than dark. Because dark, at least, you can, like, kind of hide things. You can, like... As you were kind of saying, it's like, you can show certain aspects of yourself yeah, that you want. Yeah, you want people to see. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the raw daylight, there's nothing. Everything is exposed. Like, and that I think that's scary, is when you cannot hide yourself amongst other people. So. Wuthering Heights, which... I kind of wanted to talk about, I mean, weathering just in and of itself just makes it sound like shit's going to be about weather. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I really liked the sort of juxtaposition of Wuthering Heights and Thrushcross Grange because Thrushcross Grange is always kind of pictured as this happy little peaceful place and it, the weather's always nice and it's sunny when they're there. And then anytime they go to Wuthering Heights, it's like all of a sudden there's storms, it's either raining and downpouring or um, snowing. The book literally opens with the character getting snowed in and having to stay at Wuthering Heights and seeing a ghost while he's there. Mm. It's pretty bad. Um, and then I think what I would argue is the climax of the book is when Heathcliff like runs away after he hears Catherine say that it would like degrade her to marry him. And um, that happens in the middle of a giant ass storm too. And so they're all worried about Heathcliff like getting sick in the storm and then he just straight up does not come home. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, oh, well, I guess he died in the storm. Cool. R.I.P. Heathcliff. And then they see him later and they're like, wait a second, I thought you... Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's about to Edmund Dante's us. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the I think that in Wuthering Heights, uh, Bronte really just turned the weather metaphor up to the max. It is always... Mm-hmm. She's always describing the weather and it's always shitty weather mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime you're at Wuthering Heights. Yeah. I... The weather is so strange. I keep saying that. Um... I think the reason why weather's or there's another reason why weather's so weird that I just kind of thought of is weather always seems to reflect almost the punishment that we give to ourselves. Not maybe not that, just the how we feel internally. Mm-hmm. And for like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it could be like, oh, we feared like our crimes coming to the surface. For uh, Wuthering Heights, it could be like just are, um, we're afraid of our own emotions. Cause yeah, it seems like it's very linked to emotions yeah, in the book. Heathcliff is... Emotional. <laughs> he, he, uh, that boy, so emotional. Um, but uh, you mentioned snow, and I want, uh, another topic that I want to talk about is Frankenstein is very heavily set in snow, and there's a, a couple books Mountains. that I can think of. Mountains, snow. Arctic, yeah. Um, uh, there's another book, Madame Bovary. Or no, not Madame Bovary, I can't remember... Sorry, now Madame Bovary. Um, there's another book, I can't remember the name of it, but the basic plot is there are a bunch of characters. There's a husband and a wife and a sort of mistress slash nurse character, and they're all locked in together in the snow, pretty mm-hmm. much. And it's supposed to be this great tragedy because the husband doesn't love the wife any longer and loves the nurse, and then they're going to run away together. And then what happens is the nurse is now handicapped because the nurse had the idea, well, if we can't run away together, let's sled into a tree together and we'll kill ourselves and die together. That Ooh. makes sense. I mean, I would definitely That's definitely plan that. B. That's, yeah. that's, that's good. That's, that's total fine. Yeah. Um, but at the last second, he tilts the sled and that causes, like, because he's like, I don't want to die. And that causes her to get handicapped. And so... Basically, they're all locked in this house together because of the the ice. Like, they all hate each other because it's like, you cheated on me with this nurse. I, you forced me to get handicapped. You, and it's like, it's, ice is, and it's related back to Frankenstein because it's like, there's all this, I remember talking to Miss Cochran about it after class. Um, There's Dante's Inferno reference. In he references like the gilded cloak that he wears because he's a hypocrite. Um, but in Dante's Inferno, the final layer of hell is treachery, and everybody is sealed in ice mm-hmm. pretty much. And I feel like you can almost read like all the layers of hell as like victims of weather, 
kind of because lust is this wind blowing people about place to place because they couldn't stay in one place in real life. Gluttony is this rain of like like rotten feces and that's like the only thing they can feast on because they were gluttons in life. Um, but treachery, they're frozen up to their necks. And I think that the punishment in that, there's two characters in Dante's Inferno who are frozen up to their necks and they're constantly gnawing on each other. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because they're treacherous towards each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, so that's just something weird that I, I noticed a while ago is that it seems like weather reflects our emotions, but also it's almost like a punishment of the gods. Mm -hmm. Well, and that one book that you mentioned uh, of the you know people trapped in, I mean, that totally reads as emotions too because mm -hmm. you could argue they were all being very icy to each they other. Were, they were <laughs> being very icy. Yeah. They were cold shouldering, literally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I... Maybe you could almost read it as... Like, that's how it was in ancient Greece. Like, weather was punishment of the gods. Like, if you fucked up, I don't think it matters what religion it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, weather's no. always been a punishment of the gods. Yeah, because like, you couldn't describe it, so mm -hmm. everybody was like, "Well, that's those wily gods again." So it's like the sublime force of nature, and then mm -hmm. again, that just relates back to the Gothic of like this otherworldly presence having control over you, but also it's weird. Love it. Love Gothic. Yeah, another thing about the weather, about not being able to control it. This semester, I'm actually taking an intro meteorology course, mm -hmm. and there's always this one kid who asks the most specific questions ever, and the teacher always answers, well, as a meteorologist, we can't always tell. Like, there's a lot of uncertainty. And again, I mean, every day you will continue and proceed to ask these insanely specific questions. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just can't yes. really know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just that being about you can't really specifically answer it, like the anonymity of it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really categorize it, and especially how it can just be so transient and ephemeral. Like it can just come unexpectedly mm -hmm. without any indication, which is another theme that I see in the Gothic, especially Dracula when he's arriving to England, when he brings that storm with him, was it like rain, fog, mm. like stormy weather, and especially when they're on the boat, they didn't really see it coming, it just suddenly enwrapped them, mm -hmm. and it just makes me think how they use these scenes that are quite literal in the real world to play into our stereotypes and superstitions that we've made ourselves as humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, like, I thought I had something to say, I don't want to do that. Um, not really. As an earth science major, um, describing the weather is a horrifying topic. I've gone <laughs> to many lectures where they have, like, models up, and I'm just like, that's like 15 too many variables. I can't <laughs> deal with that. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so weird. Like, we are able to, we have discovered that atoms are make up everything. We have gone to the moon. We've done all these great achievements, but we can't tell the fucking weather accurate, like, right. super duper accurately yet. And that, I think that's why it will, weather will always be. Like, one, it's a really quick and easy way to get a mood and an atmosphere. Because I feel like 
I mean, even just that word atmosphere. Yeah, at, literally At's atmosphere. Literally weather like, right there. Um, but yeah, like the setting is, I, I argue setting is one of the most important characters of your story, and Haunting of Hill House definitely, like, like shows that perfectly. That's one we just read. Um, but atmosphere is always so big because we can only control our atmosphere so much before it's like nature is, nature's always there and nature will find you on your worst day and be like, hey, here's a puddle to slip in, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. So, it's... Life is whack. I think this would be a good time. It's about time for us to take a break. In the meantime, I think we should hear a word from our sponsor. Tired of coincidentally being attacked by a vampire when it starts raining? Look no further. We have your solution. Umbrella insurance. Uh, oh, what's that? That's already a thing. Oh, uh. Not the umbrella insurance to extend liability coverage. Quite literally. Umbrella insurance. An actual umbrella. This umbrella will provide against protection against vampires with its garlic lace stitching. Umbrella does not protect individuals from rain because of the permeability of garlic. Yeah, weather, I feel, has already always like been a really ominous kind of subject in literature. Yeah, and it's because we make it that way. It's because of how we perceive it. And I think that's a big thing, especially when like omens for disaster come up in novels. If we wouldn't have perceived these things as negative, like rain, darkness, cloudy, fog, then there wouldn't be any reason. It wouldn't make sense to use them. But because we have developed such a deep association with it, perhaps like part of our psyche because of that like dread but also captivation for darkness, like it really contributes to that. Like that's how we use this. We dig into ourselves and we just use it. Like honestly, the writers that use this, like it can seem cheesy at times, but honestly it's really brilliant because we just use that as a tactic to like bring these different transitions to the story, especially like uh, weather transitions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but do you, I think it's like built into our language. I mean, storms brewing, gathering storm, oncoming storm, all those are phrases mm -hmm. that you'll find in like all sorts of books that refer to specifically like the weather turning bad and then you know that something bad's about to happen. We were all in the, and then there were none, book series. Yeah. So they did that right in the beginning with that sailor that was like, well, storm's storm is coming. Storm and they were like, oh, you're crazy, man. Things. This could be fine. And then they all died. And then they all died. So. Um, I think, weird thing I was just thinking about, so I was kind of talking about omens. Omens always seem so weird because they are dark forces and huge scare quotes. Um, but we use them to our advantage. Like, if you think about it, uh, rain, most, like, most literally, what we do with it is this, this bad thing that we go through, but we have to go through it in order to water our crops and so we can grow again. And it's, if you think about it, like, all these omens that we go through, we, it's a bad moment that we perceive so that way we don't hit darker times later. And that's what I think a lot of omens seem to be. Breaking a mirror. Mirrors are always associated with, like, demons scry or witches scrying on you and being able to see you and if you break one it's bad luck 
but also they're used against vampires. And it, so I can't, uh, that's something really weird that I kind of noticed. It's like we almost use these negative forces to our advantage, but we still have like a respect for them. Yeah, mentioning rain, it reminded me of something I wrote a paper on in high school. We were actually supposed to find a quote and the one I picked was, when it rains, it pours. Mm -hmm. And going into depth, I think that really plays in here because basically, in some, when it rains, shit's about to go down. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't, it isn't just a little bit. It's, it just suddenly all unravels, especially with these omens. Like, it indicates something bad is going to happen, and you're constantly like looking for it but in that search you kind of get lost in the sight of it and then everything suddenly hits like everything goes wrong and tying that in raining can be used as a symbol for crying so rather mm -hmm. than having these little spurts of like when you let out your emotions like typically people don't do that anymore especially with the gotta be a rough and tough boy here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it just like makes that connection because when you just can't take it anymore people usually just let it all out mm -hmm. usually to someone they trust but I mean this can be seen here too because everything just happens at once and everything just goes it's almost an argument that like you need to let out a little bit of like these negative things every once in a while. It's that could be like why omens exist because if you let these omens happen and learn from them, if you learn from these negative things that happen to you, you can become a better person and not have your shit get wrecked. Yeah, that's <laughs> but a big thing. exactly, like it's it seems like a lot of these things are like, hey experience this bad thing so you don't fucking die later mm -hmm. so or at least pay attention to it at least pay attention to it being a reader like reading some of these things that happen you're like oh so she's in this haunted house right and she notices the howling and the doors shutting like especially in haunting of hill house mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. they don't know what's causing it and you would think reading this story, you're like, oh, well, I would personally flee as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. But they're just like, eh, what could it be? But then, again, referencing that quote, it pours. Everything just happens at once. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, what a lot of people do is, like, they ignore things about themselves for so long. Like, they ignore how unhappy they are. They ignore all the omens in day-to-day -day life. And then it just all comes out at once, and it's like, well, shit, this is awful. This is bad times, McGee. So. Yeah, thinking about that, like, it can really tell, like, who you are with yourself, really. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of like a life lesson that they portray in these stories, because not only if you don't listen to what's going on around you, but listen to yourself, if you don't do that, something bad is inevitably going to happen. And I think that just as a language nerd, one of my favorite 
Yeah, you know, words are so old <laughs> that you have a hard time like tracing their origins. And um, abominable has two possible origins, and one of them is that it's related to the word omen. I mean, it's right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but another one that I really like is that abominable is um, like a, a combination of ab, meaning like away from or like not, and home, homen, meaning like human. So it's kind of bringing that back to the discussion of like ignoring yourself um i just really i think that that is one of my favorite discrepancies in etymology that i I don't know which version i like better whether abominable comes from omen because we almost like we rarely use the word omen to mean Mm -hmm. good unless we say specifically good omen when we hear omen we almost always associate it with the bad ones um but I also don't know if I like it better just describing abomination as something that's not human. I don't know. Yeah, omens. I, I just tried to look up the... It seems like omens has just always been a thing because I looked up the word omen for Latin. And yeah, I thought it's just it was, a Latin word. Yeah, it's just a yeah. Latin word. That's, <laughs> yeah. I, I took Latin for four years and I totally forgot about that. That's just straight that up Latin, baby. It's, it's just a word. And <laughs> it's so weird that like it hasn't changed. Like, mm-hmm. it's always been, like, that's almost ominous in itself, I think, that, like, this one word hasn't changed for, like, years, but it's always, it seems it's, to mean the same thing. It's, oh, uh, oof, I love this. Languages. Um, the most important words of the language are always the most primitive ones, mm-hmm. um, and they're often the most closely related between them, so it really says something that omen is a word that did not change throughout all of time. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, and you think about superstitious people, I mean, you're going to think about, like, Greeks and Romans. They were, oh, yeah. they were full of that shit. So it makes sense that one of their words would have been the ones that, like, pervaded our language throughout all time. But, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting idea to think that among words like eat and help, uh, there's also omen as being one of the most primitive words of Latin. So funny. Yeah. And I didn't know how to work this in, but I kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, there is this trend in almost every mythology that there is a wise person, whether it be a hag, a witch, or mm-hmm. Kirke from Greek mythology, or that, like, it seems like every mythology has a wise person. It's never the main character mm-hmm. who can notice these, like, it's it's almost like the, um, what's the old adage? Those who fight monsters are doomed to become one. Mm-hmm. Those who know the omens too well almost have, like, a darkness in them. Mm-hmm. But it's strange, because these are usually I find the mentor figures or the hag figures in these stories to be are like the most well put together because they know the sh- they know the shit that's happening <laughs> and I think it's just really strange that we like rely on these characters but we also have a very blatant distrust of mm-hmm. like the wise woman of the village so it's it's very weird I it's weird how we like we want to know the future. We have all these like superstitions that are like, oh, if I don't know if you guys have heard this, but there's like this old Halloween superstition where it's like if you look in a mirror while eating an apple and then or while like peeling an mm-hmm. apple and then throw the apple grind, it'll show you the, like the first initial of the one you're yeah. supposed to marry. Weird superstition, and it seems to be like dealing with like weird Halloween reflection things, occult stuff, but we a lot of people did it, even if they were, like, blatant Christians, because, like, the, we do, so desperately want to know what's going on that we look to these 
sources that we think could possibly show these like acts of God, mm-hmm. these random chants, the weather, anything to like get some sort of like knowledge about what's going on. Yeah, especially what we consider supernatural. Really, it's just out of our control, something that we don't have a firm grasp on. And we use that to kind of tell these things because we don't have full control of it. Mm-hmm. And we just, yeah, we rely on that as some outside form to kind of guide us since it's the one thing really we can't use to guide ourselves. Yeah, I think that's what really divides the gothic and mystery. I know we talked a little bit about how mystery uses uh, weather sometimes, and I'd argue like almonds sometimes, mm-hmm. but I feel like gothic is what really, really puts them to use. Yeah. And I think that's a big point in the gothic is giving over a little bit of control. Because mystery is all about control, you know, like, you're learning everything, you want to know all the clues, you're getting everything together. But gothic is very, like, you're surrendering a bit of your control over this, like, there's something you just can't control. like And can't answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the end, it's always left a little bit ominous, like, up for debate, how you really see though it kind of guides you towards what an ending should be, but it never clearly says what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just capital W whack. Yeah. Really. So. Yeah, these omens in the Gothic really leave the ending up for debate. It's not clearly answered, and you can't really tell when it ends, just like this episode. 